1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice through now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Chapter 3, and verse number 14, but if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. Well, that just don't sound good, does it? But if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Chapter 4 and verse number 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when His glory shall reveal, ye may be glad also with exceedingly joy, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the Spirit of God and the God rested upon you. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. For each one that's here, Lord, open our hearts and receive the message we stand in need of tonight, Lord. Help us to be happy and no matter what's going on. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Do you see the contradiction of this backward nature of the Christian life? Uh, if you want to go up, the way up is not up, but it's down. If you want to be exalted, then you got to humble yourself. If you want to go to heaven, you got to get down on your knees and trust Christ. If you really want to live, then you must die to yourself. This, this is the backward nation, uh, nature of the Christian life. If you want to get, want to get, you don't get, but you give to get. You find this throughout the Bible over and over and over. He said in chapter 1, uh, verse number 6, uh, Ye are in heaviness, wherein you greatly rejoice. In chapter 3, 14, You are suffering for the righteous' sake, but ye are happy. In chapter 4, he says, But you have fiery trials which are trying you, but ye rejoice, and you are the approach for the name of Christ that you are happy. This is the suffering book in the Bible, 1 Peter. The word suffer uh, is found in some fashion or form in this book here 16 times in 1 Peter, these five chapters we find that. These people are on a run. They're scattered out. Uh, and the reason they're scattered out, they're being persecuted. They've been hunted down. They've been on, put on trial. They've been killed, crucified, cut, put on fire, impaled uh, because of the name of Christ. They've been fed to the lions. They watched uh, their children have been mauled and killed. These people went through a lot. These people understood what it was like to suffer. These people knew what persecution was. It's not like today when somebody says something, you hurt your feelings. Oh, woe is me. 
It's not like that today. Back then, they understood what trouble really was. The day we get upset if we don't have the right air condition or the heat or the padded pews, we get all, we think we're under persecution then. Peter's writing to them to give them some encouragement. And all that they're going through, Peter said to them over and over and over, rejoice, be happy. He uses that word happy two times. He uses the word rejoice three times. And he used the word joy two times. And then he used the word glad one time. So it was eight times that Peter says, just be happy. Just be happy. And he's continually reminding them that even though in their suffering and in their persecution, in the midst of your torment, you can be happy. Can I say that is what sets the Christian apart from the world tonight? Both of us goes through suffering. Both of us go through trials and heartaches and trials. But how we act and how they act is two different things. I, I've been around people that when they going through things and going through trials, you would never know that they were going through them because happy, they were smiling, they were rejoicing. You never knew that they were facing something horrible in their life. We find that Jesus always, when he came around, he turned an upside frown right side up in their life. He made them happy. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have sorrows because we got sorrows. I'm not saying that we don't have heaviness because we have heaviness. But we are to handle it in a different way than what the world handles it. We're to find that in the midst of heaviness, these people had happiness. So I want to give you this little thought tonight. Just be happy. There's not one person in here who his life has not been in heaviness at one time or another. There's not one person in here that can say, I've never been through a trial or a heartache or a burden. Every one of us has faced them. Every one of us came across them. And I rest assured of this, you're going to face them again. You're going to go through the heaviness again. But the way we choose to go through them sets us apart from what the world and how it goes through them. People need to see the glory of God in your life when you face difficult times. They don't need to see the frown on your face and go the oh woe is me pathway. And a lot of times uh, they know what you're going through and, and the way you seem to, to have a smile on your face and you're praising God no matter what. Uh, they, they know there's something different about you on why you can be so happy in all the persecution and troubles and trials that you're in. And can I say this? True happiness is not within yourself. 
True happiness comes from God. It comes from God. So I want to give you some thoughts on what makes you happy tonight. What makes you happy tonight? If you look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 33. Deuteronomy chapter 3, 33. I'll try to go through these quickly. I'll try. Verse 29 in chapter 33 of Deuteronomy, it says, Happy are thou, O Israel, who is likened unto thee, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help, and who is the sword of thy excellency? And thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. You can be happy because you are saved tonight. You say, that's real basic. That's down the elementary. That's real down to the five and six-year-old people. You know what? Really, we may ought to just get a hold of that in our lives that, hey, I'm saved. If we really get a hold of that, because when sometimes in your life you're going to be stripped down to the only thing that you got in your life and to know that it is that us all you got is I'm saved. There's going to be times in your life you're going to face difficult times, but you can still rely on the fact to know that I am saved. Your finances may be a bust. Your family may be a bust. Trouble comes along. Your job may be a bust. But all those things happen, you're still saved. He said in verse 29, Happy art thou, O Israel, who is likened unto thee. There's never been a nation like Israel. God sent Moses down to Egypt to bring them out as Savior. He did none of those signs and wonders in Egypt to get them out of Egypt. Blood was put on the doorpost by the shed blood of the Lamb so that the death angel could pass by and not claim not one of his. God, God parted the Red Sea and let them walk across on dry ground. God let them, led them by a cloud at night and a pillar of uh, fire by night. God brought down bread from uh, heaven and he gave them water from a rock. God gave them all these things. God made their shoes and clothes to last for 40 years in the wilderness. There is who is like the nation of Israel. No other nation had that. No other nation had the hand of God on them like Israel had on them. God shielded them. God brought them out. God bought them. God sent them to a land that he said, I'd give them to you. God provided for them. And all they could do was complain. Whine. Why did you bring me out of Egypt just to die out of here? God sure does put, put up with a lot of mess from his people. God looked down to them and said, this in verse 29, Happy art thou. I, if you read the Bible, you cannot find a chapter where they were happy. 
constantly backsliding, constantly complaining. Uh, the ground opens up and swallows a bunch of them. The serpents were biting them. And, and because they disobeyed God, I mean over and over and over, you look at this crowd, this, this first thing that comes to my mind is that what have you got to complain about? Why, why are you complaining? You were enslaved, but now you're saved. You, you were in chains, uh, and now your chains are broken. God gave you an entire country. Just walk in and take it. He gave you all that He could give, and all you could do was complain about it. Instead of being happy about being saved, they had nothing to do but to complain. Can I say, we don't have nothing to do today. We have nothing to complain about. Can I say, happy all thou, O church, who is unlike in thee, O people saved by the Lord. I mean, God sought us out. God brought us out. God sent us a Jesus to cover the blood, uh, covers with the blood to the remission of sin. He, he brought us through that Red Sea. He put clothes on our back, shoes in our foot. And all we do is complain about certain things, complain about this. We have nothing to complain about, nothing. We are saved people tonight. We're on our way to heaven. And we can be happy, though life is heavy. You can go home and lay your head down on your pillow the night, and when the devil comes by to whisper in your ear and to try to get you worrying about something, worrying about that, tell him go back to where he came from. God's been too good to me. God's been too good. He has been better to me than I deserve. I am saved. I'm on my way to heaven. There ain't nobody like me. There ain't, ain't, God says, there's nobody like you. You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. You've been covered by the blood. So what do you got to complain about? Just be happy. Life's too short to be ugly all the time. Let me say that again. Life is too short to be ugly all the time. Amen. I don't want to sit, spend my life looking down in the dumps. I'm just going to enjoy being happy. Life is heavy. I understand that. But you can have happiness in heaviness tonight. Amen. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 10. Give me your thought on what can make you happy. What should make a Christian happy today? It's not padded pews. It's not air-conditioned buildings. not the heat. But what should make a Christian happy today is because you're saved and on your way to heaven and not to hell. You ought to just shout about that for a little bit. Amen. Praise God. You can be happy because you're serving God. Chapter 10 of 1 Kings, verse number 4. Let's look at verse 4. 
And when the queen of Sheba had seen all of Solomon's wisdom in the house that he had built, and, and, and the meat of his table, and, he, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and their cupbearers, and ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord, and there was no more spirit in her. You know what might change some sinners' mind about you sometimes? If he looked at your life and saw your attendance, your apparel, and your ascent into the house of God, it said she had no more spirit about her. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in my own land of the acts of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believe not the words until I came and my eyes have seen it, and behold, the half was not told me thy wisdom thy prosperity exceeded the fame which I've heard verse number 8 happy are ye men don't miss this you see some Christians have some attendance they have a peril and they have a sense because they have guilt they had been beaten over the head with a Bible for so long. It's because they feel like their uh, God is going to strike them dead if they do something wrong. They don't want to impress someone. So instead they're doing it for the wrong reasons. They're trying to serve God through someone else. And there's no joy in that when you're serving God through someone else. If you're serving God for someone else, you serve God because you love God. You know why these servants were so happy? They were happy because of who they were serving. Now don't miss this. They were serving the king, Solomon at the time. You read the and, and king of Solomon, you read over in chapter 2, verse 8, he says, I am the rose of Sharon, I am the lily of the valleys. He said, the chiefest among 10,000. He is altogether the lovely one. Don't catch on now. They asked them, who, why are you so happy in serving him? Why are you so happy being around him? Why are you so happy hanging around him? Have you not heard that he is the rose of Sharon? He's a lily of the valley. He's the chiefest among 10,000. Have you not heard that? You say, preacher, why does these people act so happy when they come to church and they, they're shouting and they're praising God? They have real joy because they're serving Jesus, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. We're not serving just a, a type of Christ. We're serving the King, Jesus himself he's the real Sharon Rose of Sharon he is the real Lily of Valley the real chief is among 10,000 he is somebody worth serving tonight and that ought to bring you happiness in your life it makes me happy serving him they saw the the attendance of his ministers what can I do for you? Is there anything that I can do for you? 
Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? What do you, is there anything I can do for you? If you want some happiness in your life, just start attending to the Lord. Ask God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Wherever you put me at, that's where I'll be. I love that song. Wherever you want me at, Lord, that's where I'm going to be. What can I do for you today, Lord? It's not what you can do for me, but what can I do for you? Happy in serving Him. They'll make you a lot more happy serving Him than just standing around doing nothing. Woo. You know, amen on that one. You'll be a lot more happier serving Him than sitting in a pews doing nothing. Amen. Jesus said in John 13, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than the Lord, neither is he sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you. Jesus looked at his disciples and says, You want to know the keys to happiness? You want to know what really can make you happy? Start serving God and serving others. That'll make you happy. The same thing he told them is telling us today. If you really want happiness in your life, stop putting emphasis on self and start serving Him and serving others and God will give you all these things that you need in your life. Look at Psalms 144. We know we can be happy because we're saved. We can be happy because we're serving the Lord, but you can also be happy because you're supplied by Him. The psalmist here is bragging on God for taking care of Him. Uh, there's not one person in here that can stand up and say, well, God has not supplied my needs. God hasn't met my need. I've been standing through on some things, and God has not been there for me. There's not one of us who can stand and say that. God has met every one of our needs tonight. God has provided everything for you tonight. Uh, you just look, you got clothes on your back and shoes on your feet. You drove up in a car. You're going to a home. God has provided for you. The Bible says, I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. There is a God that will provide for you. There was a God that he will give to you. Verse 14. That our oxen may be stronger, strong to labor. That there be no breaking in or going out. There's no complaining in our streets. Happy is the people that in such a case, yea, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. He's telling them, the people, you're going to be happy. You're going to be happy. If God's providing for you, if God is giving you, if you're serving God and, and you're loving God, you know that God will provide for you. Amen. There's not one of us who can say God hasn't given. Because God has provided for every one of us tonight. God has given us all that we needed in our lives. Acts chapter 4. 25, and I'm done.
You can be happy because you're saved. You can be happy because you're serving God. You can be happy because God supplies. But you can also be happy in your struggles tonight. You say that's impossible. I'll agree with you. I, I, I agree with you. It doesn't sound good. But you know what? With God, it's possible. With God, it's possible. I, I'm not preaching on pull yourself up by the bootstraps. I'm not preaching on positive thinking. You, you think it, you're going to achieve it. I'm not preaching on that. Because every one of us know that, hey, we as Christians, we face heaviness. We face trials. We face tribulation. We read the Bible over and over where people face things, but yet God was still there with them. Chapter 25, verse 23. And on the morrow when Agrippa was come and Bernice with a great pomp. All that means is when they came down the aisles, they were shouting a hoop a lot. So he come down and, and here Agrippa comes down going, hey, everybody, I'm here. Look at me. Gotcha. It's just coming down with a big fanfare, what he's doing, a great pomp. And, and was entering into the place of hearing, and the chief captains and the principals of the city, and Festus commanded Paul, was brought forth. And Festus said unto King Agrippa, and all the men which are here present with us, Ye see this man, this lowly man, this wildered down man, this old rag bond man. Presented with you, whom all the multitude of Jews have dealt with me, but both Jerusalem and also here, crying that he ought not to live any longer. This man ought to not live any longer. He's caused us in trouble. He, he's caused a lot of major trouble in the cities. We need, we need to get rid of him. But I can't do it, but you can do it. But when I found that he had committed nothing worthy of death that him himself had appealed to Augustus, I have determined to send him, of whom I have no certain thing to write unto my Lord, wherefore I have brought him before you, and especially for thee, O King Agrippa, that they might examine have I might have somewhat to write. For it seemeth to me unreasonable to send a prisoner and not withal with to signify the crimes laid against him. He said, this is what I'm telling you. This guy deserves death. He deserves everything that we're about ready to lay on him. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy. I could see those guys on that podium. What did he say? What, what, what did he say? Did he, did he say what I thought he said? He said, I think myself happy. 
How in the world can you be happy? He's not begging for his life. He's not talking about how bad he's had it. He just said, I think myself happy. I imagine her eyes popped out and her jaws dropped down. He said he thinks himself happy. Are you happy? <laughs> Have you met my wife? <laughs> what about you? Are you happy? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm not happy. <laughs> They're resting each other. Are you happy? Are you happy? We've got all this. We've got this. We're the rulers. We're on top. we got this. And yet here is a man that's low down and he, he's about ready to be dead. And yet he says, I think myself happy. What has he got that I ain't got? He's got happiness. You ain't got happiness. What in the world makes you happy, Paul? Well, one day I was on my road to Damascus. I was going because the king wanted me to go there to kill some people. And all of a sudden, I met this man named Jesus. He showed up in my life and he changed my life. I, I've been in heaviness since. I, I've been through some heaviness. Well, boy, I am sure happy. I am happy. I'm a happy man. There's no heaviness in my life that there cannot be erased by the happiness of God in my life. Knowing that I'm saved. I'm serving. I've been supplied for. I'm happy. It's good to be happy. The old saying, it's good to be the king. Paul said, it's good to be happy. If that's not your testimony tonight, if you cannot say, I'm happy, although I ain't got nothing, I'm under heaviness, I'm under burdens, and I'm under trials, I'm under persecution. If you cannot say, I, I, I'm still happy, then something is wrong. You ought to be the happiest people in this county. You ought to just shout the praises of God. No matter what's happening, anytime the gas goes up, go out and the gas pump says, praise the Lord. Now, I know the world's going to think you're crazy, but happy is the man that's praising the Lord. Amen. I, I, sometimes I go down that aisle and see that bread, $3 and something. I say, praise God. I'm learning to not to eat bread. Amen. Seven or eight dollars for a dozen of eggs. Praise God, I'm laying off them eggs too. But happy are you ought to be no matter what's going on in this world. You ought to be happy and we ought to show happiness because the world out there, they don't have happiness. They need something in their life that changed their life around and what you've got, you need to show it to them. Now listen to me, I'm not minimizing the heaviness in life. I know it's heavy, I've been there. But I sure am maximizing the happiness in life. Paul said the suffering of this present time are not worthy to compare with the glory that shall receive and be revealed in us. He says there's times and something's a whole lot better than on my heaviness 
So I just got happy. And you can only get it from Jesus. I cannot preach you happy. I cannot sing you happy. But Jesus can make you happy if you have him.